Luke chapter 2, and I'm actually going to read verse 21. I know I put 21 on the um, uh, Christmas Eve service and didn't read it, and somebody wondered uh, why I didn't do that. Um, I don't know, but I'm going to read it this morning, kind of because it fits in more with this than it did with that, uh, because it's the circumcision of Jesus eight days after his birth, and it didn't really have a lot to do with his birth, but it has a lot to do, uh, or more to do with what we're looking at today. Um, And so... Uh, Luke chapter 2. Oh, by the way, next week we're going to look at Matthew chapter 2, and that will be the, uh, the um, wise men visiting, the, the, um, visiting the, the, the place where Jesus was. So, uh, but this morning, Luke chapter 2, verses 21 through 38. If you have your Bibles, turn there, and if you are able, uh, stand with me as we read. <clears throat> and when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child... His name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now, when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with the husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who, were, who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Let's pray. Father, again, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word. Open it to us, Father, that we may understand it, that we may uh, rejoice in it, that we may be strengthened from it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, when we first look at this, uh, what we see is a period of, of, I don't know, maybe even several months. Um, and, and eight days after, uh, after the birth of Jesus, that's when they would normally do a circumcision. And I shared with you uh, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, that what they have found out is that eighth day was the best time for healing, okay? If you, if you circumcise earlier than that, if you circumcise after that, um, the, it, what, the healing wasn't as good uh, for the circumcision. Um, and so when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, and notice of the child, okay? An eight-day-old child, but at this point, there's not a name that's given, Okay? Of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel. Listen to this. Isn't this something? The name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. All right. Now, um, some of you uh, 
uh, may have thought about names that you wanted to give your children before you even knew that you were going to have any. Um, but I know that we didn't name any of our boys before we knew they were on their way. Okay, I'm not even sure we really thought much about their names until we knew that they were on their way. And then I think it's probably Kathy that did most of the thinking about their names, and, uh, and I just agreed or disagreed, okay? But I think it's interesting that this child, Jesus, was given the name Jesus before, by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So they brought him for the circumcision, uh, which identified him as a Hebrew, as a Jew, a follower of Yahweh, a follower of the one true creator God. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem uh, to present him to the Lord. Now, there were three things that they needed to do. One of them was a ceremony of circumcision. One of them was a ceremony of purification. And then there was a ceremony of dedication. So she needed to come because um, uh, uh, when a woman gave birth, she was considered unclean for a certain amount of days. I don't know, 40 or 80. It depends, I think, on whether it was a boy or a girl. Um, and, uh, and so she had to come and present herself uh, and be purified. And then they also would uh, bring in the child and have a ceremony of dedication. A ma male child uh, was presented in the temple whenever the family was able to go to Jerusalem. And so it would make sense that at this point, um, because uh, Mary and Joseph were not very well off, and we know that from the offering that they, they gave here in just a few minutes, and I'll talk about that, that it would make sense for them not to have to go to Jerusalem two times. So they wait till the time of her purification, and they do both the purification and the dedication at the same time. I don't know if that was typical or not, but it would make sense for them, okay? Um, we're hoping uh, sometime to have a Wallace, that's my mom's side, family reunion. And they ask us, when do you want to have this family reunion? And I go, how about on the same weekend we're going to have the Starner family reunion? Okay? I mean, and, and, and I'm not sure my mother and my brother agree with that idea, but I'm going to go down to probably Paramarquette State Park in the Alton area, okay? And if I do that once and stay that whole weekend, and then I have to go back again to the Jacksonville area, wouldn't it make more sense for me, time-wise, financial-wise, to just go one weekend and travel from Paramarquette to Jacksonville and b then back to Paramarquette? Wouldn't that make sense? Now, my mom's going to listen to this sermon. She's going to hear all of that. Um, and I'm just praying she agrees with me and still loves me after that. Um, but I, I, I wonder if maybe that's part of what was thinking, what was going on here. They didn't have a whole lot of money. They, were, um, they, they weren't able to, uh, to offer the typical sacrifice. The typical sacrifice um, was, was uh, a lamb and a turtle dove or a pigeon, young pigeon. That would be if you had the money and you had the means. But... They didn't have the means, and we see that she offered a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So since they didn't have the means, it's telling me that they were a, uh, I don't want to say poor, but they weren't a well-off family. They didn't have a lot. And so it makes sense to me that they went down um, together at the same time and did both of the things together. Now, when the days of purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him, Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Because uh, she couldn't go before then, right? So you wait till she can go, and you do both of the things together. Um, a pair of turtle doves. You can look in Leviticus chapter 12, verses 6 and 8, and it tells you that, that if you have uh, the means, you offer a lamb and a pigeon. If you don't have the means, you offer uh, either two turtle doves or two, pi two young pigeons. And so that's what they offered. And while they were there, while they were um, making that offering, here comes Simeon. Now, Simeon's an interesting guy. 
Okay? There's not a whole lot we know about Simeon. Some people think he might have been a priest, but we don't know that. We don't know uh, any of his background. All we know is what we read about him here in this text, and there's a lot in here. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Um, you know, I look at that name Simeon, and do you, do you, anybody remember what that name Simeon comes from? Anybody remember where else that Okay, Shimon, the Shema, remember that, or the Shema? You remember in, um, in uh, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, and you shall love the Lord your God, you know, and there, there is one God and only one God, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, and so when you look at that, basically what that word Shema or Shema means, it, it comes from the word Shimon, they're related, um, and it means to, to, um, to learn, to listen, and to obey, okay? And in the, um, you ever have anybody go, you, they tell you to do something and you don't do it? And they ask you, did you hear me? Right? I mean, I'm sure that's happened to me a whole lot. And I'm sure there's times when, uh, when, um, when I'm sitting around at the table and Kathy and the boys are talking and I'm sitting there because I'm trying to be polite. That's difficult for me, okay? Because I'd rather go sit on the couch. It's more comfortable, Okay? Uh, so I'm sitting there trying to be polite, and they're just talking, 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 and I'm going, That's, I'm not, I don't really care about what they're talking about, you know. But I'm sitting there trying to be polite. And all of a sudden, I hear a word or a phrase, and I'm going, what? And they're going, you're five minutes late to this conversation, okay? So I barely hear that, all right? And, and, and I think about this, uh, this idea here because this word shema, shimon, means not just to hear it. Okay, doesn't just mean it enters the ear cavity and vibrates the uh, eardrum, okay? It means that you hear it, that it registers with you, and you obey it, you do what it says, okay? And so this man, Simeon, Shimon, the one who heard, also obeyed, okay? So it's interesting to note that um, and to see this because the, the Bible tells us that he was just and devout. Now, that word just means that he was well-behaved. He was living as a man should live. Simeon was a man who uh, treated other people as he should, justly, okay? And, and you think about the Shema, uh, where is this? Uh, Leviticus 19, 18, love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew 22, 34 through 40, think about what, the, what they asked Jesus, what's the first and greatest commandment? And he said the first and greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two commandments rest the whole law and the prophets. Well, Simeon was that man. He was the man. He followed the teachings of Jesus before he heard the teachings of Jesus, okay? All right? He, and, he, and he probably didn't because he died before Jesus said this. All right? Because the word just means treat other people. If he was just, he treated other people the way they really should have been treated, with kindness and compassion. And then you look down at this word devout, and this means cautious and careful in relationship to God, Okay? He um, was careful in his relationship to God. He was devout. He did all of the things that he needed to do, went to the temple when he needed to, did the things that he was supposed to do, lived his life right before man, and he lived it right before God. He was just and he was devout. He loved the Lord his God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength, and he loved his neighbor as he loved himself. This was who Simeon was. Not only did he, and you know what, we can, and the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit was upon him. And I wonder why. 
I don't really. I say that to make you think a little bit. I wonder why. Because he was just and he was devout. Because he was, he was in a right relationship with God. Because he did the things God told him to do, God expected him to do. He did the things he was expected to do by his God, by God. He was just and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Waiting for the consolation of Israel. Um, I think, first of all, about Philippians 2.1. And if there is any consolation in Christ. You see, the Hebrew people knew that... Um, that um, that the consolation of Israel would come, would it come through Jesus Christ? It would come through the Messiah. Um, you think about consolation and, and people consoling you. Um, and uh, the only way they would find consolation was for the kingdom of God to come, was to find it in Jesus Christ. And uh, that there's that Philippians 1, and then there's also 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 and 17. And I'm going to turn here and read that for you. 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 and 17. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father, who has loved us and given us eternal, pardon me, given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work, who has given us everlasting consolation. Everlasting consolation comes not through anything that's worldly, but only through God the Father and through Jesus Christ. And so he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for Messiah to come. He was waiting for um, for. Uh, the blessings of the Messiah. And the scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit was upon him. And some people think that, that this means that, um, uh, that the Holy Spirit was on him, in him, like he is in us. I have a hard time with that one. It says it was upon him. The Ho- it says he, the Holy Spirit, was upon him, Simeon. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he was a man who was just, he was um, devout, he was following the leadership of the Holy Spirit, and because he was, think about this, I wonder how many others, and I'm guessing there are none, but I'm wondering, wondering how many others there may have been that had been told by God, you are going to see the Messiah before you die, you know? I mean, I'm thinking, and I could be wrong, but I'm thinking that if there were others, it would have been recorded in the Scripture, Okay, now, again, that's my thinking and I could be wrong, but you think about about Simeon and you think about um, how devout and how just and how righteous and and, and how focused he was on the consolation of Israel. In other words, seeing the Messiah that the Holy Spirit would reveal to him. You're not going to die before you see him. You know, sometimes we um, we don't hear what God has to say because we're not talking to him because we're not listening to him and I think that that possibly um, Simeon heard what God had to say that he was going to see the Messiah before he died because he was so focused on being obedient to God he was so focused on 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 praying and listening to God and doing what God had to say so and and I wonder if this is also one of his big requests God I don't want to go until I see God reveal your Messiah here God send the, your consolation while I'm still alive let me see this God I believe it in faith but I want to see it too and and God revealed it to him that he wouldn't die he wouldn't see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah the Lord's Christ 
So because the Spirit was on him and because uh, God had revealed to him that he wouldn't see it, uh, that he wouldn't see death before he'd seen the Lord's Christ, he came by the Spirit into the temple. Now, I think this is great. Again, you think about how, how God arranges everybody's schedule to make something particular or specific happen, okay? I mean, we, we wonder, why did, um, why did they wait to bring Jesus to the temple to dedicate him? Was it because they had to wait for uh, Mary's purification? Um, and, and how did Simeon know to go at that exact time when they were bringing Jesus to the temple? And then we talk about Anna coming also. How did they all get this right? They couldn't know. Oh, uh, hey, uh, Jesus is coming. I better get to the temple. There weren't crowds, you know, that were following or, or going in front of Jesus announcing his coming yet. But the Holy Spirit led into the temple. God worked it all out so that uh, Mary and Joseph and Jesus and Simeon and Anna were all there at the same time, you know. Um, and so he came to the, by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him, Jesus, up in his arms and blessed God and said. Now this is a, I don't know if you want to look at this as a song or as a prayer, uh, something, I mean, see, I look at things, more, <laughs> I love music, okay? Um, but you don't love it when I love it, <laughs> okay? Because uh, if I'm the only one singing, you don't want me to, right? So, um, I don't know if this was a song. They call it uh, a song. And, and he began um, by saying, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Now, it's interesting that he, that, that he calls this not, he's not talking about my eyes have seen my salvation. I mean, we think about it on a very personal basis. We think about Jesus Christ as the author of my salvation. But but, but he called him, he said, your eyes, my eyes have seen your salvation. The one you have sent to provide salvation for your people, your salvation. Um, the source of peace for the world. Uh, Simeon had seen him, he believed and trusted all of God's promises, and now he's praising God for fulfilling his word. I wonder how old Simeon was. It tells us that Anna was a woman of great age, at least 84 years old. Doesn't tell us how old Simeon was. But he says, now you're letting your servant depart in peace. Now, God, I can die in peace. Because what you've promised to me, you have brought about. I have seen your salvation. I'm here in the temple. I, I see your salvation. I'm holding this, this child who will be the salvation of Israel. And I can die in peace. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared before the face of all peoples. This wasn't something he did in secret. It was something that, that you think about uh, the angels and everybody else. Uh, and then later on, you think about the stars and the wise men. And it wasn't something that God did in secret to hide from some people. He did it out in the open. He brought Jesus into the world uh, through miraculous means, and he did it so that the whole world could know. Which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. Um, you think about all of those... Um, uh, those scriptures that talk about Jesus when he says, um, uh, you know, I'm the light of the world, okay? And, and, uh, and you think about uh, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Um, who was in darkness the most? It wasn't the Hebrew people. They had the prophets that spoke to them. They had the priests who shared... Um, 
all, all of the, um, the truth of the scriptures with them. They had the rabbis that would teach them and would help train them and help them to learn uh, what all of the Old Testament stuff meant so that they could see that there was a Savior that was coming. It was the Gentiles who were walking in darkness. I mean, the Hebrews were too, but, but the darkness was darker for the Gentiles because they didn't have any clue about who Jesus was. You think about when Paul was on mission um, and he walked into the, uh, into the temple area or down the streets and he saw all of these idols and he saw all of these inscriptions and he saw an inscription to an unknown God because the people of that city wanted to make sure that they covered all of them because they didn't want to offend any gods. Okay, they were in such darkness that they thought we've got to we've got to make sure all the gods are taken care of, because if we offend any, then we're in trouble. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Um, I, I, I love that picture because I don't like darkness. I like to see. All right. And I got a present for Christmas this year. Okay, this is my brand new flashlight. Aren't you glad to see this? Aren't you glad that I'm showing you my brand new flashlight? Hey, listen, this thing has 90,000 lumens, okay? You know what 90,000 lumens does? It does this, okay? That just ruined the video picture, by the way, all right? 90,000 lumens, okay? I can stand at my house, and over a quarter mile away, I can shrink this thing out so it's almost a spotlight. I can shine this on the, if I shine it towards the camera, they're going to bl be blinded, okay? So I'm not even going to turn it on. But, but I can shine this on the, um, <laughs> on the silo over a quarter mile away, and you can see the square lighting it up, okay? All right? I could shine, anyway, at a 90,000 lumens. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Greater than 90,000 lumens. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And, and, and so um, he, he says here that uh, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. You know what revelation means? By the way, have you ever read the book of Revelations? No, don't say yes. Say no. <laughs> say no. Because let me ask you, re-ask that question. Have you ever read the book of Revelation? I know it's, 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 it's a picky thing, but it's just one revelation. It's singular. It's not plural. Um, and, and so it's the revelation of Jesus Christ to John, the apostle, okay? But this is also a revelation. That word revelation just means a revealing, okay? When I'm walking around in the dark, not much is being revealed, is it? But when I have a flashlight with 90,000 lumens, I'm telling you what, I can see, okay? And if people are walking around in the dark because they're trying to please every God that they can think of, then they aren't seeing much and they're not seeing the truth. But when Jesus Christ comes as the light of the world, everything can be revealed. Their sin and the godliness of God and the holiness of God and the righteousness of God and, the, and, and, and they can know that they need to repent of their sin and turn to Him. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. And the glory of your people Israel. Um, I, I look at this one and I, I just think, okay. I think about national heroes. Um, and I just don't really know of one right now. And it's hard to think of one. Uh, but you think about somebody who is a national hero. And the whole nation looks up to that person or looked up to that person. We don't have anybody like that now. You have the, the, some people looking up to one and some people looking up to somebody else. And, uh, but Jesus Christ was the glory of Israel. He was the one and is the one that Israel will look to, that they will glorify. He was the one that, that is um, greater than anybody else. 
they had the prophets, they had the patriarchs, um, uh, they, and, and yet they are not the glory of Israel. As great as they were and as amazing as they were uh, from Abraham to Moses to, or to Joseph to Moses to all of the others, to all of the prophets, they were not the glory of Israel because their job and John the Baptist's job was just to tell people about Jesus Christ who is the glory of Israel. He is the glory of Israel because he is the Son of God, the Son of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Simeon knows all this. He sees all this. And he says, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you've prepared before the face of all peoples, salvation for all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And listen to this. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. It would tell me Mary didn't know. She still didn't know. Oh, she had some clue as to the divine calling of her son. She knew that he would be called Emmanuel, that he would be the son of God, but she didn't know all the things that were going to happen. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. For the fall and the rising of many in Israel. And you look at that and you, you, you kind of wonder, but some would have to fall in order for others to rise up, right? Because yeah, the leadership of the Hebrew people would have to fall in order for others to rise up. And, and, and I think about this, and I think about the idea um, that, you know, many would, um, the idea there is that he was going to be called, the, he was going to be the stone of stumbling and the chief cornerstone. You know that word skandalon or skandalizo? Okay, that is, is the word that means a stumbling block. And, and the scripture tells us, Matthew 15, 13, 57, that many would be offended because of him. And many were offended because of him, because he taught a lot of things that the uh, Jewish religious leaders didn't want to hear. He, I mean, sometimes whitewashed sepulchers, you know? Yeah, whitewashed burial places, thank you, you know? Um, uh, and, and, and hypocrites, he would call them. And they didn't want to hear those kind of things. And, and they were offended by what he had to say. Because he was telling them they believed correctly in most instances, but they didn't live correctly. They, didn't, they, they, they taught people one way and they lived a different way, okay? And, and so in order for others to rise up, these had to come to, they had to fall. And so that Old Covenant, that Old Testament, it, it, it didn't fall, but it was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And so uh, they were offended. And you see that nowadays, too, all right? You see that, um, that not only were people offended back then when Jesus called them uh, sinners and called them hypocrites, you know? Um, and, and we don't do that, do we? We don't look at somebody and go, sinners and hypocrites, you know? And, um, and maybe, maybe sometimes we should because uh, the, I, I'm thinking of that song, Scandalon, by Michael Card. Uh, and um, it says, the image we present of Jesus can be stepped over. Okay? And, and I don't remember all the words, but the idea is, is the proper image of Jesus cannot be stepped over. Okay? Either you're going to stumble and trip, and, and you're going to get back up and repent, or it's going to fall on you and crush you. Okay? The image we present can be stepped over, but, but who Jesus really was and really is, he cannot be stepped over. They were offended because of his message. 
they were offended because he told them that they needed to repent. You know, the, the, you see so many times people tell us that, um, you know, you say, love the sinner, hate the sin. And some people think, I don't think you can do that. But it's true, you can. Many, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. And for a sign which will be spoken against, they'll speak out against him. And yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. A sign which will be spoken against that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. The thoughts of many hearts. You know, you remember the, when Jesus was teaching and they would ask him questions. And their questions were leading questions and they wanted certain answers. And Jesus would, by his answer, prove what they were thinking. And often what they were thinking was something negative about him and that they didn't want to pay any attention to him and they didn't want to obey him and they didn't want to follow him. And so uh, he revealed the thoughts of many. And then there was Anna. It's interesting that we see what uh, Simeon said. And we don't really hear a whole lot. We don't have a quote from what Anna said. But there was Anna. She was a prophetess, um, daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. And there's a lot of, um, a lot of conjecture and a lot of thought about her. Um, and one of the things is that she, um, that she may have been, uh, um, that she may have lived in the temple. She was at least 84 years old. The Bible tells us that she um, lived with a husband seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow of about 84 years. Now, I'm not sure exactly how to translate that, whether she, was, she got married. We'll say she got married at 15. She was with the husband for seven years. That's 22 years, and now she uh, was a widow for 84 years, so that would be 106. Am I right? If we add all that up, did that math make work? And so, um, so we don't know. Was she 84 or was she something like 106? Okay, but what we know is she was of great age, okay, uh, and she did not depart from the temple. And again, they don't know, did she stay in the temple day and night? Did she live there? Where there's a, where, did they see her, did the priests and the leaders of that day see her as such a godly woman that they gave her a place to stay? A woman that had nobody else to take care of them, so that they did that for her? We don't know the answer to that question, okay? But we do know that at least day and night, maybe she wasn't in the temple the whole time, but at least day and night, she served God with fasting and prayers. Day and night. She served God with fasting and prayers. 84 years old. Now, you think about this poor lady. Uh, married to a man for seven years. Seven years only, and she became a widow. Seven years. And you think about what she could have done and how angry she could have gotten and how bitter she could have gotten and it seems like from what we see here that that she was at least at that time pretty faithful in following God but because of this she maybe because of the passing of her husband maybe not but but, but at that point when the husband passed she dedicated herself completely to following God and being obedient to God and she was so devout that she also was in the temple when Mary and Joseph brought the child Jesus to be dedicated. And, and coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him, Jesus, to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. You know, <coughs> we often overlook these two. 
we see the shepherds and we see the wise men and we often overlook these two. And yet, and yet they're a great example for all of us. A great example for all of us because we also can be just and devout like Simeon. We can listen. We can listen to the word of God and we can listen to God and we can be obedient to what he says. We can also be like Anna, serving God through prayers and fasting. And speaking of him, Jesus, to all those who look for redemption. You know, I think about that, that word redemption. And I just think of the fact that that's not something God had to do to redeem us. He didn't have to. He could have from the beginning, when Adam and Eve ate from that tree, he could have said, okay, fine, I'm starting over. And yet, he kept going. And he knew that one day, he would send his son, Jesus Christ. That the world would, would, people from all over the world would glory over the birth of Christ. They would look at that and worship this baby in a manger. And he knew that one day, that baby in a manger would grow up, that he would go out to preach, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, that he would die on a cross to redeem you and me and all who would believe in him. He would buy us back from the stronghold of Satan and from his hands. He would redeem us by his own blood. He would redeem us from the curse of the law. Redeem us from iniquity. He would purify us by his blood. He would redeem us for eternity through his sacrifice. Don't forget Simeon and Anna in your Christmas stories. Don't forget that they were looking for the coming of the Messiah. They were looking for the consolation of Israel. They were looking for redemption that only comes through Jesus Christ. Will you bow for me, please? Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for Simeon and Anna. God, I pray that we will not forget them, that we will look at their examples and their lives, and that we will focus on serving you and obeying you like Simeon and Anna. God, we will never be remembered and read about like them, and that's not important. God, we want to serve you. We want to be obe obedient to you. God, help us to dig deeply into your word, to study it, to read it, to memorize it. Father, help us to see Jesus on every page and share Jesus with those that we know that do not know him. And Father, today, I just pray that if there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus, God, that you will work in their heart, you will convict them of sin and of righteousness and that you will bring them to you through your son.
In his name we pray. Amen. I believe we do have a hymn of invitation. I'm going to ask you to stand.